Westchester County, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, the number one Jets fan in the state of Texas, none other than Michael Legouts, everybody. Hey, everyone. What's up? Mike, what's going on? You know, right in that right corner, we have our PTI set up here. You know him. You love him. The number one high school football coach in the nation today, Sammy O'Hare. Sammy, welcome to the show. Ted Nation, what's going on, everybody? What's up, boys? Happy to be back. Happy to have Mike back on the show. He was in Turks and Caicos last week, getting his vacation on, having fun with the wifey, but he was still locked in. Still locked in on Jets, okay? Messaging me about Dalvin Cook the whole time, all right? So I'm happy to say that Dalvin Cook is now officially a New York Jet, Michael, and we're going to get to Dalvin. We're going to get the Jets Panthers, the beatdown we handed those fools. Um, We'll talk about the O-line issues we've had. want to mention something about the Broncos real quick, which I found pretty interesting from the game. Jets Buccaneers we'll get into, but... Guys, the, the main event this week, the number one topic with the Jets this week, aside from the O-line play, is Dalvin Cook. Is signing up Dalvin Cook. Why? A lot of talk on this show especially. We've done three or four shows where we talk a lot about him, suggested we do need a good veteran running back just in case Hall doesn't come back 100%, et cetera, et cetera. Mike, we haven't had a chance to really talk to you about this yet. Dalvin officially signing with squad. As a Jet fan, I know you're super excited, but what tangibly as a football fan – do you think he's going to bring to the team that's going to help us get even further this year than if we just stuck with the room we have right now? Guys, I mean, there's no question he's better than the status quo as far as a Michael Carter, a Bam Knight, right? He is that now one-two punch with Brees Hall. I think the best value that that Cook brings really is the Jets being able to bring Brees Hall back at his own speed. So we know last year the Jets were most effective when Brees Hall was healthy, when Elijah Vera Tucker and that offensive line was pretty much in sync and we were able to manage the offense through the run game and play good defense. Well, I think they want to expound on that, build on that. They can do that now and they don't have to force Brees Hall down his throat. They can lean on and leverage cook because he is a thousand yard rusher he is a pro bowl running back we know he's not as good as he was a couple of years ago but he's still better than anything the jets have outside of Brees hall so i think that is the biggest value add and and look anytime you add a pro bowl player a playmaker that is a positive so i'm really excited also we didn't talk about if iron Rodgers goes down and zach wilson is the quarterback now Hackett can get very creative with having two running backs and running a bunch of different packages back there, uh, screwing up the defense, not really knowing which one, which one guy is going to go and, and who others a decoy. So look, I think he, the jets are all in, they're going for it. 
And now we have the best running attack, in my opinion, in the National Football League. Sammy, do you think, I know, obviously, Dalvin Cook's a tremendous player, but do you think one of the reasons, besides the obvious, which is we're all in this year, Sammy, one of the reasons they made a move for such a big-time running back at $8.6 million, which is, nowadays, that's pretty that's pretty decent starter-level money. You think they did that, Sammy, because, just like we mentioned on the show, the Jets know all of the data when it comes to ACL tears and the running backs the next year after. Most running backs are not really that successful. Usually it takes a couple of years if they ever get back to what they were, which is hard for Jet fans to hear. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. But, Sam, do you think that factor played into this, which is, all right, like Mike said, say Hall isn't 100% this year and he's just 80%. Dalvin Cook for 2023 can do the heavy lifting, and we can take our time with Hall now. Do you think that played into the decision, Sammy? Yeah, I mean, I would hope so, right? You hope Dalvin Cook is 100%, but most likely he's getting 50 right? Um, or sorry, Brees Hall, rather, coming off that injury. Yeah, so yeah, with Dalvin yeah. Cook, you've added this 28-year-old. I know he's run the ball quite a bit with over like 230 carries since he's come into the league, but that guy's still got a lot to give. And I wouldn't be surprised if Mike mentioned it before, if Zach Wilson's in, they get creative with this packaging. Forget that. Like, do it with Aaron Rodgers in there. You can put Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall in the backfield. You've got a backfield where both those guys can run downfield and both those guys can catch the ball in space, right? Yeah. So you can, like, take both those guys, put them in the backfield, and just put one out at wide receiver, right? And they yeah. can play that position totally fine. We've seen Dalvin Cook do it for years. Um, and I don't think once – I think the coaching staff, once they got past Brees Hall, we don't, I don't think they felt confident in any other guy we had, to be honest. I don't think that Izzy's too young. I don't think Carter ever showed them that he can really carry that number two load. And in our successful NFL teams, all those teams have two guys that can really carry that load downhill. Looks like Mr. Bonzi here says, as long as we keep Michael Carter over Bam, I won't. All right, now let's get into that next topic. I don't know about that. Now I'm going to, Bonzi, pause that for one second because we're going to talk about that in a sec with your boy Michael Carter. I just want to get to a couple more, a few points with Cook before I forget. And Mike, Mike is right. And so far as, I think it has a lot to do. I don't know if anyone watched the quarterback show with Kirk Cousins and that that Viking offensive line just got him murdered last year. I think that might have had a little bit to do with the efficiency with Cook. But, Mike, you said he's not the same as he was, but he's made the Pro Bowl four years in a row. So, I mean, four years ago, Cook to now, I'm not saying the same. I'm not even going to debate that, Mike. But there's not there's not a lot. I mean, last year, Mike, he had an 81-yard TD run. He ran 24 miles an hour. So, right. I'm not disagreeing with Mike because if you dig into the metrics when it comes to efficiency, it is a little down for Cook. But if you're the number one running back in the league and now your efficiency is down slightly, you're still pretty elite. So when it comes to what we're trying to do here with the Jets, I mean, this is someone, like I said, four Pro Bowls in a row, 1,000 yards, four years in a row. Um, I think that's a tremendous add for the squadron. Like we said, 6,000 yards total. Hall's going to be what he's going to be this year. He might go back to being a beast. Adrian Peterson and Dalvin Cook, ironically, are two of the only guys off the top I can think of to have an ACL, come back the next year as a running back, and just ball out immediately again. Does not happen a lot, guys. I mean, there's links we can share with you guys, man. It's daunting some of those numbers. So I love this move. And it, leans, it, it lends itself to this, which we just saw our boy say, Mr. Bonesy, which is Michael Carter. Now, Michael Carter, just a few days ago, had four carries, 19 yards, had a couple catches for 30 yards. And Jet fans, Jet fans are hyped. Jet fans are hyped. And I get it, man. It was nice to see him finally do something. But, guys, last year in the NFL, Bonesy, file this one away in your head. Of all the running backs that had more than 100 carries, he had the least yards per carry in the league, 3.5. He was last in the league. Last. In the NFL, he wasn't much better the year before. So, and, I, and, you, and you look at the landscape right now. They have Cook, they have Hall. They're going to be on the team, guys. 
Abanaconda is going to be on the team. We know that. He's not going nowhere. The best running back in training camp has been Bam Knight. That's yeah. all you read. That's all we see. And they now and, and then the, and the offense Hackett's going to be running. We have a fullback. We have Nick Borden. So that's five backs right there. They're not keeping six backs. No. So that's why, Bonesy, I know you might be tight, but I think in this scenario, and it's not like Michael Carter's going to give you a lot in like pass protect. He's 5'9", he's buck 80. So I, I unfortunately, that's what I wanted to ask you to. That's my next topic here with the Dalvin Cook scenario. Obviously, Dalvin Cook coming in huge for the team, huge for the depth. And now Izzy Abanaconda looks great. I mean, we can't, he looks, and the thing is, Carter is a tremendous receiver, but he's not explosive. He's really slow. That spin move, you know, it, that spin move was so filthy. Oh, Carter, if Carter he, got that. Yeah, Carter, Carter has hands. That. I was saying to, I wasn't talking to Mike. I was uh, our other friend, Mike Milano, the, the most depressing Jeff fan in the world. And I was saying there is a universe where Michael Carter's on a team as a third down back, and he's effective. I'm not saying Michael Carter's bad or anything like that. Just as a rusher running the ball, he's horrible. He's the worst in the league. And that's you, the gotta repeat, you gotta you gotta reply here. He says, I get it. But he wasn't 100% last year. Bam had six good quarters of football last year. BS. Bonesy, Bonesy, pause, pause button, pause button. Last year, you can go look this up on PFF. Number one broke tackle rate in the NFL was Bam Knight. That's why he's on the team right now. You can say six quarters, you can say whatever you want. Michael Carter had an entire season of playing Bam. I would love if he had six quarters. He didn't. There's no, there's no debate really between Bam Knight and Michael Carter, aside from the fact that Michael Carter has good hands. You know, I don't, I don't know. And you'll, we'll see how it shakes out. He might be right. He might be on the squad. I just don't see that happening right now. And, he, uh, and, and this coaching staff and, and general management, too, has given me the impression that their type of team, we've seen what we want to see, and they move on pretty quickly. And I feel like with Carter, it's been two seasons. They've kind of seen what they've – they got rid of Moore. They got rid of yeah. Mims. They've, they've seen what they've seen, and now they're ready to move on, I think. Look, I, I, look, I just think, guys, that – Bam and Carter are fighting for that last roster spot. I think the coaching staff already knows the direction they're going to go. Look, they could be usurped by the general manager because they drafted Michael Carter. He does have some political sway, obviously, as a draft pick. Um, but I think the team is going to pick who they believe is best for the Jets moving forward. At this point, personally, I probably would go with Bam Knight over Michael. I would, I, would say this, I would say this this game coming up, you and me, Keith, talked about this. This game coming up against Tampa Bay is going to be the most pro-like preseason game of any of the ones that we're going to be playing this year. So they'll probably have as many starters as they can on the offensive line. They'll probably have – I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play or not. But let's see what these guys do uh, on Saturday and then uh, following up next week. We'll be coming out with our 53-man roster here next week so um, yeah you'll see how we, we we put that yeah i gotta mention too to be fair to bonesy if, if we're gonna talk about michael carter's yards for carry bam knight was like not that far ahead of him but there's a lot if you dig into those numbers though and you look at um and i and he just mentioned he only played good in two games he played for his buffalo he had 70 yards and a touchdown that's a pretty good it's a pretty good defense i would say um and then to first man miss who's the other player his rookie, rookie year. I mean, he, okay. he did good his rookie year. He just took a step back that second year. We're going to have to see something. Mike, you know? is, is Michael Carter going to grow five inches by next year? Is he going to put 40 pounds on? I didn't know. Like, what, what are we doing? When he came in the league, he was 5'9", a buck 80, and slow. Right? At what point has Michael Carter been good that he that Bones he's seen that I didn't see? Also, he's good at breaking tackles. And receiving, like Okay, so he's good at breaking tackle, but then the smoke clears and you look at the stats. 
and he doesn't move the ball forward because he's 180 pounds. He's not pushing a pile. Guys, can we be fair? Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall are there. This dude ain't seen the field anyway. If those guys are <laughs> Who cares? It does, it does, it does, yeah, I yeah. hope Hall and Cook are the only ones that touch that football. You can't. Speaking of that, I mean, actually, let's get we'll get into the game real quick first, then we'll talk about this offensive line, which regardless yeah. if we do have MC back there or we don't, offensive line could be an issue for us, guys. We'll get into that in a moment. But let's talk about this game because we just we just dealt out a whooping on the Panthers. Now, I know it's preseason. Don't get me wrong. But guess what? If we got smashed 27 nothing. What would the headlines be? What would people be saying? That's what happens out the Jets are kind of in a scenario where on paper we're good. We're all 27 nothing. Who cares? It's like, no, man, we had we had some second stringers going up against their first string offensive line. Yeah. And we destroyed them. It was embarrassing. Mike has we, – we, we had Bennett call Mike. Uh, uh, Carolina, I get their fan. It's like, his defensive line is ridiculous. If they play like this all year, which, you know, I know that the, the game was what it was. It's a preseason game. But five sacks. I mean, McDonald looked like – he, I've been questioning the pick, Mike, and we've been going back and forth. Should they have done this? We have depth at that position. And then I watched Hard Knocks this week. I mean, I watched the game first. Then I watched Hard Knocks. I got a little bit more of an understanding of this kid. And he seems like he seems like he's going to be something special also. Mike. Yeah. Mike, what was your big takeaways from the game? Oh, man. Uh, so, yes, Bennett, who was on this show a couple of times, he's a Carolina fan, lives down in North Carolina. He called me, Sammy. I, I told this to Keith already. And Jet fans, look, it, it is what it is. My boy played football, knows football, loves football like we do. And he basically said to me, Mike, that was our starting O-line and your backup defensive line wrecked havoc. And if this is any a predecessor of what we're about to see, your team can go all the way to the Super Bowl. Like straight said that to me. Like I and this is like my boy, this isn't like some this is a cat who knows football. Like he's like Mike they could go to the Super Bowl. That like that 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 gets me in my heart. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh my God, what what did you say to me? He's like, because it's so chaotic. Even my boss, we were, I was talking to him. He's like, Mike, that defensive line is a problem, a real problem. Like, I don't know if anyone knows this. The Miami Dolphins just lost their left tackle. What do you think is going to happen when you have Jermaine Johnson and this freak McDonald fresh? Because JFM and Lawson just finished they're doing a couple of reps. And they I mean, Tua is gonna be putting up more gang signs in the, you know this season and when they play the Jets. I mean, it, it's pretty ridiculous. And I would go venture to say is and the, the biggest takeaway to your point, to your question, Keith, was that Aaron Rodgers is not to I know how good Aaron Rodgers is. I look at this Jets team and our greatest value is not Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking like strictly from a game per impact perspective. It's not Aaron Rodgers. It's not Sauce. It's not our linebackers or Dalvin Cook. It's this defensive line. This defensive line can take us to the chip. That was my takeaway from the from the game. Oh, I love it. Uh, well, McDonald, Mike, he had a sack, two QB hits. Jermaine Johnson had half a sack, two QB hits. Quentin Jefferson had a sack, Mike. Bryce Huff often forgot about when we're talking about all those defensive ends you just mentioned. We also have Bryce Huff. We also have Michael Clemens. I mean, they're they're low. We two two seasons ago, we didn't have a guy on the team that could get near the quarterback, right? And now we're talking about defensive tackles like Quinn and Jefferson getting sacks. Our Quinn and Williams got twelve sacks last year. He's a D tackle, and now we have these guys coming off the edge. Man, that game was interesting from the standpoint that it's not like the jets did anything really exotic on defense i understand that they're just they're just naturally athletic these young bucks and they're just causing chaos on the line they weren't blitzing they weren't doing anything crazy 
Um, only six attempts there for Bryce Young, but the defensive line looked great. Look, we know that the on the whole the whole game for the whole day, um, the Panthers had 165 yards of offense. Um, and when you go look at the tape, you're trying to get a lot more than that done in a preseason game. Jets had about 333. Zach Wilson looked efficient. Um, 14 for I think 14 for 20 for Zach in the touchdown. 13 points. Went into halftime 13 nothing. So if you're a Jets fan, before the season started, one of the big notes we were all saying to one another was, "How is this kid going to look in the preseason?" Kind of a no-brainer, right? Because we know if, God forbid, anything happened to Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be leading the ship again. So if he went through the whole preseason, guys, and he was just an absolute pile of garbage, that yeah. would be depressing. That would be daunting. We'd be looking at Tim Boyle like, is he going to be the guy? Do we have to go trade for someone? Instead, so far with Zach, he's doing pretty good. Um, I think he's 18 for 25 so far, 188 yards, no turnovers. He looks pretty confident out there, kind of just taking what the defense gives him. Now, in these preseason scenarios – you know, you're not facing exotic blitz, package, blitz packages or things that are overly complicated. Uh, so it is what it is, but I'd rather him look good than look bad. But, Sammy, coming out of this game, I think Zach looked decent. Becton still can't make it through a whole game and play consistently. He needs to come off the field, which is a little, um, you know, a little sad to see that. But a guy you mentioned earlier, I want to hear what Jeff say about Zach. I want to hear what Jeff say about McDonald too, Sammy. But is he a bad condom? Two games in a row. I mean, we know he has the raw speed. People said he didn't really have the finesse, but he, had, Sammy, he hit the circle button on the control and did the spin move and went right into the end zone. I mean, that was that's as good as it gets. I mean, I know we got Cook now and to lend ourselves to the Michael Carter conversation. Abandon is not making Carter's situation easy either, because he's, he's he's providing you with speed that Michael Carter doesn't have. I think Carter has the hands, probably maybe the best hands of any of these guys, not named Dalvin Cook. He probably has uh, Michael Carter. I'll, yeah. I'll give him that for sure. But what do you think, Sammy? When it comes to Abandon when it comes to Wilson, when it comes to uh, McDonald. What are your takeaways from the game? So let's start with McDonald. Uh, that defensive line, could this whole season, if they do what they're supposed to do, could go down as like one of the greatest defensive lines ever assembled in the history. Oh my! And I'm and I'm just I'm throwing that out there. I'm gonna throw that out there for the Jet universe to take it as they will, because you have and and, and it's no joke, right? You have a top two defensive tackle in the NFL on your team. Right? You do. That's not an argument. That's a fact. Right? Hands yeah. up. And then you've got four guys who probably are in the top 30 in pass rushing in the NFL easily. Not a conversation. Yep. How is that not – like, what What can you do as an well, offense that's successful against that defensive line? Well, and, and your middle linebacker is one of the What you can do is I could just say to you, I'm going to put these four guys, they're only playing two plays, they're fresh every single down. Yep. So you're never getting a break. They're fresh every single play. I'm going to put two guys in the middle and everybody else is in man coverage. Good yep. luck. Did right? you like, on hard knocks? Did you hear about Quinnen against the defensive line? I mean, that's dude, the part where I got dude. so excited and to he, know he, he was looks, just he was he was just feasting. Th okay? This guy feasting. I, for, for the whole NFL world to watch him, he looks like he hit a different gear after he signed the contract. He it did. doesn't look like he turned it down. It looked like he said, "Thanks for the money. I'm going to get 15 sacks now." Right? Like he like switched, hit the switch. Um, let, in terms can I ask Keith a question? Do you think Quinnen has – do you think that there's a potential that he could come close to Donald? You mean getting like almost Career. Like 20 sacks? Career, yeah. Yeah, you know, he, I mean, I think Donald is just – in the history of the NFL, he reminds me like of, a, of this guy right here. Oh. That guy right there. Aaron Donald reminds me of him because Joe Klecko was not the biggest guy – 
But you don't, I mean, if you are as strong and as, as have that quick twitch moves and they're so instinctual like an Aaron Donald, it doesn't matter if the guys are bigger than you. He's getting underneath them every single play. Sammy will tell you. I mean, he's, he's getting under them and pushing guys backwards. And I think Quinnen's different. Quinnen's bigger. He's almost as fast, but he's six foot three and he's 310, 15, 20 pounds. And he's got faster hands. You saw it in hard knocks. If you watched our defensive coordinator talk about it, he's like, watch Q's hands. Like, it's not even yeah. fair. The quick motion just to be Mike, I think. Especially given the fact now that look what they've surrounded him with. We didn't even yes. mention Big Al Woods. He's a run stopper, but Al Woods 350 pounds. Monstrosity in the Solomon middle. Solomon Thomas. So Solomon Thomas. So when you go through the depth of the line, right? I know last year we, we complained about maybe Quinn didn't play as much as we want. I totally get that. I want him in there more. But Sammy, we didn't even mention CJ Mosley's a pro bowler. Right. So I, when you go through the layers of our defense, we're stacked at corner, right? We're okay at safety. We could probably improve. That's a place we can improve. Don't get me wrong. But secondary wise, you say, well, the Jets are Jets are pretty damn good. Um, when you look at the linebacker, CJ Mosley is one of the best in the league. When you look at the defensive line, one of the best in the league all over the place. So I'm I mean, I can't even wait to yeah. get this year. And, and I do think, like to answer your question all in one second, I mean, I do think when it comes to Q, you just saw last year, he kind of turned it up to a new level when it comes to getting the quarterback. Because he didn't just have the 12 sacks. He also had 35 QB hits or something crazy. You know what? He had as many QB hits last year as he had in his whole career. You know? So, and I see what uh, Jerry Pettigrossi just said. Let's see if they can break the sack record. I, the sack exchange record. If that happens, and I meant I meant to mention that. If they're sack exchange level, because right. Gastineau is getting near 20 sacks, and then you have a, a, a Klecko guy getting near 20 sacks. That's, that's, that's just, what, are, what are teams going to do if we're only rushing four guys? I know. At, well, or maybe what, gonna gonna say. what are you going to do if we're only mm-hmm. rushing four and our secondary is that good? Like, how are you going to score points on us? And we have an offense that's not going three and out that might have a sustained 10 play, 12 play drive. Maybe only get a field goal, but we actually use seven minutes. Instead of right. every time we do this show for four years, I look at the stats and I go, damn, the other team had the ball for 35 minutes and we had Guys, 25. The, you know, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Ravens. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers back before they had Brady. What was the recipe? It was running the ball, control the clock, and play excellent defense. Yeah. That, ladies and gentlemen, the Jets have that. And they got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, listen, you saw McDonald on a three-man front hit a spin move, beat two blockers, and get a sack, right? And that's our rookie we just drafted a month ago. Yeah. In terms of Zach Wilson, you're already seeing the positive impact of Rodgers. He did that play-action fake in the end zone and dropped that in the bucket in the left sand by the pylon. And they did a side-by-side of him and Rodgers. It was exactly the same. Like the body language, the play-action, it looked almost identical to a young AR. So you could kind of see that positive impact already with Wilson, which is a home run, you know. And then that offensive line, yeah, of course there's problems. They have everybody playing seven different positions because they're just trying to figure it out. So all this news about, like, super worried about the O-line, I'm not. They're just trying everybody out at different spots to figure out what they've got and where everybody should fit. If you read the news today, they're trying a new center with Rodgers today for the yep, first yeah. time. So they're just yeah. testing stuff out, people. So everybody's got to just chill on that O-line front. I think we'll be okay. Bonesy, you're right. If teams are – that's why I'm so stoked. Because if you are in third and long this year against us, you're, you're in trouble. Like, we've spent – all Jet fans, anyone watching or listening right now, you know how long it's been since we actually go on the field and feel like we're going to get after a goddamn quarterback. Like, it's just, we don't even know what that feels like. We haven't, we haven't had a pass rusher. We haven't had an attack since Rex. It's been 12 years. And even with Rex, if you remember, wasn't really sacks that we were great at. 
creating pressure, um, get, rushing the quarterback in. Not a lot of sacks, though. This is different this year. And, Mike, one thing you mentioned, that's a good point. When you go through, and I brought it up on my phone, guys. You go through the, the teams that have won the Super Bowl and you look at the quarterbacks. These are the names of the quarterbacks. Let's just go back. Let's go back 20 years. Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. Then names pop up like Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco. And the reason they're on that list is because of what Mike just said. Because there is a formula that's been effective forever and we know works. And those formulas work with average quarterbacks. If you have an elite defense and a good run game, and you have an average quarterback like Joe Flacco, or Trent Dilfer, or Brad Johnson, or you want to go Jeff Hostel, or even back in the day. There's plenty of them. If you have an average quarterback, you can win. We don't have an average quarterback. We have Aaron Rodgers. That's why I want to just put that in perspective. We're not, we don't have a game manager running the team with a great defense and a great running attack. It's Aaron Rodgers. So if we go down in the game, we can sling it now. So the whole, the whole perspective on everything, I think, with Jet fans has changed. And coming off this game, just a few more notes. Like we said, Izzy played great, Mike. 13 different Jets caught a ball in this game, and nobody had more than three targets. So you could see, you could see the, the approach in this game with the spreading around. Whoever was open, Zach Wilson and Boyle threw the ball too. On the Panthers' side of the ball, 3.4 yards a play. Um, their quarterbacks are getting slapped around. Two turnovers, plenty of sacks, plenty of QB hits. So they're going to have a long year, I think. The Panthers are not going to be good, I don't think. Mike, you're muted. Yeah, no, I was just telling my boy to get back outside. <laughs> <laughs> came and say, okay, say hi. He just got off. All right, love you. Love you, little man. He, and he's, uh, they're slowly, you're slowly turning him into, into little Texas. Oh, yeah, he'll be ready respect. to go. Bry Bryce Young. It was funny. His first uh, NFL experience. Really, he really got a whole wake up call. But you know, Whew. I know the narrative, guys, is the offensive line is terrible. We're gonna get into that here. Yeah. But I, let me just say this, Keith and Sammy. I thought the offensive line played pretty decently against the Carolina Panthers. And one of the guys that I was very impressed with just looking at the tape, you know, just seeing him really quickly was Joe Tittman. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's starting to get first team reps. Um, I still think that McGovern is going to start at center, but it would not be surprise me if he ends up, starting, you know, either at center or a guard, uh, Tittman is looking much, much better. And also the other thing I took away from an offensive line was Becton playing over 27 snaps. I was happy to see that. Unfortunately, the Jets do not yet trust him. Okay. Playing, because yeah. the play, and that's why he's not gotten any first team reps, none, Yeah, because they don't trust him being able to play an entire game because yep. he, he pulls himself out. Guys, we didn't even talk about as a rookie. He pulled himself out of games as a rookie, a lot, and no yeah. one talks about that. They talk about how good he was. So the whole school, the whole coaching staff is like they said exactly what you had said, Keith, a year ago when he hurt himself. He's like, we cannot depend on Makai Becton, so they're not yeah. okay. But at this point, um, I think it would behoove the coaching staff to start putting some Becton in there at right tackle to see what's going on because Max is struggling a bit, Turner struggling a bit. I know a yeah. lot of guys have been hurt. But if anything is going to derail this season, it is the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, there's no argument there. You look at the the games that really good quarterbacks have when they look off, and it's just because they're getting rushed. It's just because the, the defensive line are crowding around. Look at the bad games Brady has or Rodgers, all these elite guys. When they're ever not in rhythm, things are off. Offenses are off. Everything's off. And if you do that to Aaron Rodgers, as good as our running backs are, as good as our receivers are, the offense is going to have a hard time. And now when right. you look on paper – 
Sammy, right now, this is the offense. As of this conversation, Sammy, this is the offensive line depth chart. Billy Turner at left tackle. Now, that could change. We know Dwayne Brown's coming back. Tomlinson at left guard. McGovern at center. AVT right guard. And then Mac Mitchell at right tackle. That is not necessarily a championship-level offensive line. Now, I know sometimes offensive lines, when they get that continuity, it doesn't really matter the name value you're looking at or I should say the name recognition. You can have a lot of no-name guys that play great together. Don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not saying that can't happen or they can't get better. But, man, when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers back there and you spend all this money and you're so invested in the season, Sammy, when you when you hear things like what Mike said, which is like they might try Joe Tittman at guard, I mean, that doesn't sound too crazy to me because I just want the best five guys out there. I don't, yeah. If you have to have McGovern and Tittman out there, put them out there. I, I mean, you're a head coach, Sammy. You, you coach – that's what you do. Um, on a weekly basis as coach football, when it comes to the offensive line and protecting your quarterback, there's nothing more important than that. So making sure they have the best five guys out there is the most important thing. If Beckton's not one of those guys, it is what it is. But what do you think about um, Tittman maybe moving to guard, Sammy, in this offensive line situation as a whole? Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head, and you heard Salah say it himself, right? He said it to Q, and then he said it in the room when he's yelling at the offensive line. Right? We move with you guys. Offensively, we move with the line. Defensively, we move with the line, right? Yeah. Um, I would love to see Tittman out there because I think that's our best line scenario. I think he's our best option. I don't like the idea of Turner. I think Mitchell is a much better option. He showed us that he can play. He played pretty decent for us last year. Even yeah. if he can play pretty decent, I'll take that. Because then you're giving me a line that has Tittman, McGovern, Tomlinson, and Tucker, or even Dwayne Brown out there. I think that's our best five. If you can have Tucker on a tackle spot, I would move him out of the guard. Because you can make up for that guard spot with a really strong center play. Or if you have Tittman and McGovern, now you have something to play with there. So you've yeah. got Tucker at left tackle, Tomlinson at left guard, maybe McGovern at center, Tittman at right guard, and Dwayne Brown at right tackle. And that actually sounds like a championship-level offensive line because we know what Tucker can do. We know what McGovern can do. You hope Tittman holds up. And Dwayne Brown, he's a 38-year-old vet. He's going to do what he's got to do. So I think that's like our best-case scenario if Beckton's not around, right? I didn't, I didn't get the full, I didn't get the full context guys, but uh, today practice 18 from Dennis Wazak Jr. So Brees Hall killed it today. That's what he's saying. He was back superstar. Cobb killed it. Whitehead has a star. Rogers thumbs up, did good. Cook will wear number 33. Dope. Here's what, here's what uh, I find impressive. O-line, he's got a graph pointing upwards. They had a good practice. And guess what? Becton flashed at right tackle starting. Okay, good. So I don't have all the full context there, but that is from today, Keith. Because, Mike, when we when we look at these things and we look down and we go, okay, Billy Turner, Max Mitchell, Carter Warren, Dwayne Brown, who's good. But, and then you're like, well, Makai Becton, we took 11th, and he's six foot seven, and he's 350. Like, that's the guy we want. Yep. We want you to be great. We want you to be the fucking guy. Sorry, excuse my language. Yep, yep. Like in my head, I'm like, and we have to treat him like a little kid because he's so, even though he's a giant, he hurts himself and blames the Jets and blames everyone and cries about it. And it's like, you have to, and you you saw Rodgers on Hard Knocks talking to Big Makai saying, hey, let's get together next week. Rodgers is not stupid. Rodgers is saying if this kid can get healthy and be out there and has the cardio where it needs to be, he obviously is a huge help for me in keeping me upright. Yeah, that's right. But I think, and when you talk about the offensive line schematics, like, AVT did play tackle last year, and I'm not. This is kind of almost a desperation maneuver if we had to do it. it if if Makai Becton doesn't get to where we need him to be, and or Dwayne Brown isn't healthy by the time we play Week One, having uh, AVT move to tackle 
That's not going to make anyone. I, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is okay with that. And then maybe you have Tipman slot into his guard spot. I'm just hypothetically throwing it out there. But I know a lot of the reports this week were that the Buccaneers were just destroying the Jets' defensive line. You don't want to be offensive line. You don't want to hear that. But in the game, they played okay, Mike. Um, one guy that's out there that's rumored, and I saw that the Packers shot this down, but this is what teams always do. They never Teams don't ever go out and confirm they're going to trade someone. It's never, it's never happened once in the history of sports, everyone, just so you know. If there's a rumor, the team doesn't go, oh, no, yeah, we're talking about trade. Never happens. Okay, so. Unless it's um, Damian Lillard. Yeah, right? <laughs> or, or Jamal Adams and the Jets were like, yeah, we want your ass out of here, right? Um, but with David Bakhtiari from the Packers, three-time yeah. Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, Mike, uh, I know he has some issues there with Packers front office, his contract and things like that. <clears throat> I think when you look at the reports, the Jets offensive line is getting embarrassed. Now, Rodgers' responses, he's a vet. He's not going to say anything stupid. He's like, we'll be fine. It'll take time. No, no, he's not going to – I wonder what he's really thinking, you know, in, in his mind. You know he knows what's up. I think Bakhtiari could help us big time. We have the money to get him. Don't know if that's a realistic option or not. I just think that if they spend another week or 10 days here, Mike, and they're still worried, and they're like, all right, we're going into that beginning of September, and they're not sure yet, and they have to make a move, make a move. I mean, you, you, you're already – all the chips are already in. You know, and I, I don't even know hypothetically. It's not, yo, linemen do not fall off teams, good ones. Right. They're, they're not, it's not a position you can go just get a guy. I get it. But if there's any way to even improve incrementally at any spot, they have to explore it. So we haven't seen Dwayne Brown yet. So understood. I, I agree with what you're saying. Here's why, why I'm skeptical of us being able to pull him. Uh, I think it makes sense actually for the Jets and for the Packers to go ahead and swap draft picks or trade Becton for Bakatari and whatever. Because – his contract is huge, and part of the reason why Aaron gave money back was to get people like him onto the yeah. team, and he's played with him and all that. And and I think it would make sense for Green Bay. I think it would make sense for the Jets. I feel, and this is just me, maybe not anybody else but me, I think that Gudenhuntz is a prick, and I think that he's a little – you know, I could just tell just the way he treated Rodgers and all that. Like there's, there's you know, that – in, he doesn't want to give Rodgers any success at all. And he knows if he gives, if he sends him over there, it could send them to the Super Bowl. And God forbid that Aaron goes to the Super Bowl with the Jets and they end up out with love and, and win like five games. So I don't think, I, I'm look, that's me. It's conspiracy, whatever. I don't think they're ever going to do it. Makes sense. Because Gutenhaus does not want to add to any success that Aaron Rodgers has in New York. Well, we're just keeping it real. That makes sense. It's not like personal feelings don't play into these things. They do. Even if, even if you're a GM at the highest level, they play into it. And you, even with the Jets, I mean, Jamal Adams and Elijah Moore, like you mouth off and Joe Douglas trades you like the next week. Like this shit, you know, so these, these GMs do have feelings and emotions. I get it. I just think if and this happens in our fantasy football league, Mike, Sometimes people's emotions and feelings and attachment cloud their judgment when it comes oh. to the long-term vision. If the Jets are going to give you the best deal for this guy and help your team, you should probably do it. But that Aaron Rodgers hatred, he kind of buried the Packers after he left. You know, so I get it, man. I can see them not wanting to Gave away the $35 million, coaching up Zach Wilson, embracing the two, all the things they wanted from him in Green Bay. He just did a silent, you know what? Yeah. You think they're oh my god and 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 he he's on hard knocks he's on the story a lot I mean Packer fans are just watching the Jets like you know what I'm saying you know I don't know if you ever watch a SpongeBob SquarePants and and Squidworth when he's looking down at, at SpongeBob walking. <laughs> that's kind of like the Packers watching the Jets out there like they're like oh my god that's our boy 
but you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah, we got the Buccaneers coming up this weekend, guys. So there is some <clears throat> there is some guys to keep an eye on in this game. I think Michael Carter is one of them. Not necessarily saying he's playing for his job. They might have their minds made up already. Yeah. I just am wondering how this roster is going to shake out. We're going to talk about it next week. They have a oh, lot. Of, we have a lot of defensive. Wait, I can't wait to see Sammy's 53. I want to see yeah. Keith's 53. Whoop. And guys, like we have, we have so many, we have like 10 defensive linemen. And they're probably all going to be on the team. So we don't really have a lot to cut there. It's like, when you look, and I'm, I wasn't trying to, you know, bust bones. He's chops. He's a Michael Carter fan. He's a Jets fan. I love you, bro. It's all good. I like Michael Carter too. Go have a thousand yards this year. You know, I don't care. I'm just thinking, like, when I'm looking at the data and the stats. I know he had a little stretch of rookie year. He was good, but for the most part, it's been a little disappointing. That might be the guy on the chopping block. But we'll get into it next week, man. We'll talk about the the rosters and everything. Jets Buccaneers this weekend, Mike. I'll be out there. Sammy has coaching duties going on. Important coaching duties with the team, so we can't make it. But I will be out there, Michael, for my first game this year, representing. Okay. Um, I'm really excited about it. I think Koontz, Mike, another guy to keep an eye on because Yaboa hasn't played good. Obviously, played really good last game, Kenny Yaboa. We have Uzoma. We have um, we have our boy Conklin. I mean, there's not a lot of – I know they drafted him. He's the greatest athlete of all time, Mike. He's another guy. I practice. That's a perfect practice squad guy. If he oh, was man. Able to get through. If he was able to get through waivers, I think he's perfect because like, you could see he had a touchdown last week, but he still doesn't know what – remember when he saw in Hawks, he ran the wrong route and had a touchdown. So, I'm like, all right, the kid doesn't know what he's doing, but he's freaking had a touchdown. So, um, you know, I don't know. He's a guy to keep an eye on, too, Mike. Um, I do. The, and Rucker. No, that's what I forgot to mention. They drafted Rucker. So, yeah, it's going to yeah, be hard. Right. It's going to be hard for Koontz to make this team. Not keep it five. It is going to be hard. Our boy, it, oh, our bad news, our boy, Dalvin Didry, down on injury, son. Lost. Oh, no. I know, right. our boy. Gidry would have been a nice little nice death piece for the – I know Moreland played good last week, but I think Gidry was playing pretty decent. Another guy to keep an eye on, everybody, is – our draft pick, our sixth-round draft pick this year is Zaire Barnes. He had eight tackles last week, five tackles the week before that. He's a guy that is trying to make the team be some depth at linebacker, which we need, and he's played pretty good. So another guy to keep an eye on. There's not, not too many storylines going in. Mike, I don't think Rodgers is going to play. So he'll no. just be chilling. No, I don't think any Jet fan cares. I, I, I just said chill. You, just going real quick back <laughs> to your first point with Zach. You got All we care about, I think, as Jet fans, we, we just – need to know can you be the backup you don't have to be the second pick of the draft you don't have to live up to anything just know that if rogers goes down you could come in and execute yep. the offense and guess what i was so happy to see young zach just be boring just hit his check down yeah I was so happy. I, I, that's all. I don't need this, the, the long, you know, no look passes in the. Yeah. I just operate the damn offense, and he did it. He did it. He looked like a serviceable quarterback. That's yep. all we need, Keith. That's true. That's true, man. Like you need what you want in your backup. Like the, the, the your number one quarterback is the captain of the ship. And what you need in that backup quarterback is when the captain has to take a break, you don't take the boat over and crash it into the dock, right? You smoothly just pull the boat up nice and smooth. Don't do anything crazy. Don't mess up anything. That's all you need to do as a backup. And especially with this team, it looks like it has a lot of weapons. If you can just get the ball to the right people, I think a guy like Elijah Moore, his value and why he might have been angry is because he thought he was a lot better than he was because he wasn't getting the ball. Zach Wilson doesn't get the ball to me, blah, blah, blah. So we haven't even seen some of the full talent maybe of some of these guys, which we're going to see with Aaron Rodgers. Everyone's going to play to their full potential with him. But you just want to make sure Zach is competent. That's what we started the show with. We've talked about for months. Every Jet fan I talk to kind of says the same thing when it comes to Zach. One, do you think in a couple of years he could be the starter? 
that remains to be seen, guys. But two, more importantly, do you think if anything happened to Aaron Rodgers, he could help us this year and still help us win a Super Bowl? I don't know the answer to that question, guys. But I know that if he could just come in, if something happened and play a few games and play well, that's all we need for him. That's all we need for him this year. Like Mike said, you, you don't gotta you don't gotta play. No one's going, oh, this is your third year, you're the second pick. We want 35 touchdowns and 4,000 yards. That's not your year this year. You're heat, chilling this year. Heat check. Who's better, Zach Wilson or Trey Lance? Oh, boy. Zach Wilson all day. Trey Lance is garbage. Yeah, it's almost like that dude's Trey trash. Lance is, like, He's so Trey Lance is like incomplete. It's like when a kid it misses half the school year. You know, you kind of don't know what they really have. But this is what I'll say. If, if Trey Lance, if Purdy is what he is and Darnold's, Darnold is what he is. Trey Lance is like getting buried on national television. Dude, they put my like boy really, out there as an audition, and he's just getting murdered. <laughs> murdered. And they're the like, point, hey, we're going to use you as trade audition, buddy, and he's getting destroyed. They're trying to raise that. They're trying to raise his his trade stock, and instead, it did the opposite because he just looks like. And that's the thing. A couple years ago, when when we were talking about Lance and the draft and quarterbacks like him, because people look at Josh Allen and all of a sudden think that's going to happen a lot. It's not. You're not going to go to Northern South Dakota State or wherever the hell they went, a school with 15 people at it, and then come to the NFL and be great. That happened with Josh Allen. It happens every once in a while with small school quarterbacks. Everybody who's a baller, all the best quarterbacks in the NFL, went to a school that were all like, oh, yeah, Texas Tech. Oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, Alabama. Like, you can go through the list. Hurts and Mahomes, all these guys, you know. It's never Josh Allen's story. Josh Allen is the exception to the rule. So when Trey Lance came in and he went to the same school and had these great numbers, Mike, and he's putting up stats, but it's, it's he's playing against the most, and he's he's like a man playing with children at that point. And then the NFL comes and hits you right in the mouth. The NFL is the land where if you put Kirk Cousins next to Trey Lance, you'd be like, is that guy like his his driver, right? Yeah. Physically, and then Kirk Cousins is a baller though because yep. of what he has going on between his head, between the ears, but you know what I mean? But I'm going to tell you something, man. I think this Zach Wilson thing is so intriguing to me because if Aaron Rodgers never came and everything, he'd be out of the league in two years, tops. He'd, he'd be out maybe even this year, right? But he's actually getting a chance to learn. Like, And most quarterbacks like this don't get this chance. And I feel like, Keith, that there are probably other quarterbacks that we think are scrubs that were scrubs, but if they had been given the right opportunity to learn, they could have had an NFL career. I don't know. I can't give you an example of one, but that's why I'm looking at Zach because he was as bad as it is. And if he can come out of this as a starter, that's a a real case for when you draft a a kid like him from a smaller school, a Trey Lance, a Zach Wilson, a Josh Allen, Yo, ha- instead of having the demand of the fan base and the demand of the franchise to start this kid right away, put him through a production plan. Like, actually go get yourself a veteran quarterback, commit that to that quarterback for a year or two years, and literally sit there and build this kid's confidence, build this kid. Patrick Mahomes got that. I, I know how great he is, but, yo, Patrick Mahomes, when he started – hit the ground, and he was already 50 touchdowns, right? Like Aaron Rodgers got that. He Aaron Rodgers got, got that. Aaron Rodgers got that. Exactly. So I'm very interested to see what happens with Zach. Again, I, like you said, I don't think it's going to really amount to being a starter for us. But, you know, who knows? He's got a really unique opportunity here to learn. Yeah, I think with the teams now, because of the way that the salary cap and the pay scale is structured with the NFL draft guys, that teams now – don't have the luxury 
most teams don't have the luxury of waiting a few years to see what's up. They want to maximize that rookie contract. And they don't, they're like first year, second year, you're out there. That's kind of what's changed, I think, in the NFL. The way they, they rule, I mean, no one, no one used to come in, very rarely, I should say, did anyone really come in and just play right away. Right. It just, it just didn't happen for the most part for the whole history of football until maybe the last decade, the last two or three years, especially, though. I mean, you have the Josh Rosens of the world. You have guys coming in. Josh Rosen came in, played a season. His career was over. It's like, whoa, like that's the new NFL. You know, like, oh, you played bad one year, you're done, and we're drafting someone else. And they got Kyler Murray. So it's like, wow, that's like things have changed, you know? So, yeah, he, and players have to adjust. Bodies are different. Yeah, that's like what I mean. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, they're, they look like they're 40 and they're 20 now, too. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, Eli Manning, when he came in the NFL, go look what he looked like when he got drafted. You know, guys coming in out look a little different. I totally get it. And even Eli sat behind Kurt Warner for about 10 games. You guys remember his rookie year. So, I mean, most of the good quarterbacks, I mean, Tom Brady sat behind Drew Bledsoe before Mo Lewis changed the course of history, um, putting him out of the game right in front of me in uh, Giant Stadium, which was, which is just dark day in Jet history, guys. But you're right. And look, I, I always say this to Mike. I'm not, I don't, after what I saw the first two years, it's in a, it's no, most most of the time, guys. When someone's as bad as Zach was, they don't then become a good quarterback, right? And people go to they like to throw. Oh, well, look what happened with Geno Smith. Geno wasn't good. You're right. He wasn't as bad as Zach Wilson was, but he wasn't great. And then it took him eight years. So I mean, that's not a good example because we want Zach to be good like in a couple of years, right? So when people say Rich Gannon, Rich Gannon wasn't drafted really as a starter. He just was a backup for ten years, got a shot, and he was great. So, yeah, there's a few guys. There's other quarterbacks that started off bad and improved. Of course, guys, I'm not saying there isn't, but it doesn't happen a lot. Most guys who end up being great show you a little bit of that greatness. Yeah, Drew, Brees was a good, Drew Brees was a good one. He was eh, and then he went to the Saints and just became Drew Brees. Yeah, but he's still – I mean, look look at Drew Brees' number as, compared to Zach Wilson's. Oh, yeah, not, not even close. I mean, he's, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, so yeah. you're right. There's improvement. You see improvement. But that's the thing, guys. Think about it like this. If where you're improving from is the worst, you're at the lowest level. When you improve, you're still pretty damn bad. So just remember that. When everyone, like, just, I don't know why we have to eliminate logic from our minds. Most of the quarterbacks will go, oh, he improved. Yeah, Peyton Manning improved. He threw 20 interceptions and then was the best quarterback of history the rest of his career. <laughs> so, yeah, bring up Peyton Manning to me. It's like, I don't, I don't get it. So we don't have to have any misguided faith in Zach, Jet fans. We have Rodgers for two more years. We don't have to even worry about Zach right now. And it'll be interesting to see what Zach does. And also the decision we have to make down the line, do you pick up his fifth-year option if Rodgers doesn't come back? Or do they get a veteran? Because two years from now, if we get this ship rolling in the right direction, because once you get to a level of success in sports, it's easy to maintain it once you finally get there. Once you get now, there, yeah. And, but the, the hard part for teams, it can take 60 years to get there. Patriots were the worst team ever for the history of the NFL. That's right. And it cheated, we know, but look at them the past 20 years. So once you get there, you can maintain it. The Jets can get there, and teams go, oh, look at this great offense. Look at, look at this great defense. All they need is a quarterback. Once Aaron Rodgers isn't here, another quarterback might want to slide in and take that spot because we're more attractive than we used to be. So that's my thoughts on that, Mike. I think, I, yeah, I think we covered everything. Did we not? Yeah, we did. did. That was really good. good this week. Cool, cool, cool. That was really good. Michael, where can people get at us and support us in any way, shape, or form when it comes to social media? Guys, we're on we're on YouTube, so like, subscribe. We really appreciate it. Love all the back and forth um, on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore – oh, actually, at X, whatever the hell they're calling it, underscore oh, yeah. NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet 
dot AEBG. I am kind of pissed off that they changed it to X. Like, what the like? I, I don't know. Just it's funny. Look, up. Elon Musk has more money than like entire countries, so kudos to him. I can't, I mean, I'm not yeah. in a place. In, I'm not in a place in life where I can judge him along those lines, but I can judge you for being a giant dork who for some reason thinks X is cool. No one thinks that's cool. You're not. And when you're a millionaire in a room of yes men, they have to tell you it's cool. You know, everyone's like X, why won't I just keep it as Twitter? It's it's the brand. Twitter. It's already the brand. Anyways. Um, I know. I know. I don't even want to get into it, but it just, it just annoys me when I'm on there and I see the stupid. What do you guys X. think about, and you guys know I'm the biggest UFC fan in the world. What do you think about Zuckerberg and Musk possibly fighting? Who do you have taking the W? Oh. I'm going to ask you first. Sammy, let me ask you first. Who takes the win in that one? Listen. First of all, we all know it's Musk. He's from a foreign country, and Zuckerberg's bowl cut cannot be trusted by any human being on the planet. That man yes. looks like only small children when their moms <laughs> have to cut their head. Can't trust that man. I'd have to admit, Musk is going to take the W. Okay, this is why, and this is why, you guys, I mean, first of all, you two seem like the type of person that would see two people about to fight and just think the bigger guy's going to win. Which would, Mike, you've been in the military. You know better. You know better than that, okay? Zuckerberg, if this is to be true, because all these UFC guys have been like, fuck it, we train with the same jiu-jitsu coach. This guy's like a purple belt. He will really? fucking strangle Elon. If they really fight, it, I'm, Mike, if he actually he, he is a fight, uh, Mike, Zuckerberg's a, a, a UFC? So hear me out. Oh, he's, he's at the UFCs all the time. After this, after this conversation, if you go look, you're going to be like, oh, Zuckerberg has spent a year only training. It's all he does. Oh, that was Jack taking pictures oh, of the fucking change, See, I don't know Mike, that. Man, taking I know pictures. That. I changed that, change that up real quick, son. I didn't know. <laughs> he's taking pictures with John Jones in the gym. Jack. Oh, doing, oh, and oh, so look, he's working the bones. That's what I'm saying. So a lot of these, just like in MMA, a lot of your credentials can be like inflated. You know, I can get into some of the stories how I got Shooter some of his MMA fights back in the day by just going to be lying through my teeth. It's a whole other podcast. You guys will. I've lived an interesting life, guys. I'll tell you that. But with Zuckerberg, maybe if he actually my, my point might be if he actually is a purple belt, it could be for Gacy. He could that could be just all nonsense, right? If this dude actually has jiu-jitsu skills, Elon Musk is just a fat bum. He's like he's like he's the same body type as like Donald Trump, you know. That's not necessarily doesn't lend itself towards athletics. But you put that big belly on someone. I've seen my boy Mike Sislak shout out, the man with the iron belly, win fights just by getting someone down and putting his big belly on them. And they can't, can't move. You can't go nowhere. So Maybe he has that moved down, but I want to ask you guys if you thought, because there's rumors they're going to fight. Two of the richest guys on the planet fighting is hysterical. It's hysterical. I and I, I don't do know. all of them and do like a cage type deal? Get Bezos in there. Yeah. Get Gates in there. Do like a tag team steal well, Gates cage, is, ladders Gates is, and chairs. Gates is too old at this point. I think he's done. But I would <laughs> love, I do think that uh, like the spectacle of this, and I'm a huge boxing fan, as you guys know. I love boxing. I love UFC. And the influencer boxing has kind of become famous now. You have Jake Paul, a lot of these guys fighting. He just fought um, Nick Diaz, uh, Nate Diaz recently, guys. And the reason it's interesting is because real boxing doesn't give you that. They're not giving you storylines and fun and intrigue and interest. Where if the – like uh, Terrence Crawford is the greatest boxer in the world. I bet you – Mike, 99% of people wouldn't even know who he was. Pound for pound, best boxer. Just, just won another fight. Only guy to be undisputed champ at two weeks. No one knows who he is. But if Zuckerberg fights Musk, everyone's in. You know, everyone's all in. I love it, man. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I almost, lost, I almost lost my shit right there. But hey, on behalf of the number one Jeff in the state of Texas, Michael Garris, on behalf of the greatest high school football coach in the nation today, Samuel Hare, my name's Keith Farrell. Good access week, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.